from Be Still, Be Free, it's the Cast with Amber Miller, Sarah Gody, and Monica Steely. For more resources and information related to today's episode, please visit www.bestillbefree.com. Hello and welcome to the Beecast. My name is Amber Miller. I will be your host today. We are very excited to um, be starting a brand new series called Be Boundless. We have a really exciting show planned for you guys today. Um, we're today specifically we're going to be covering Be Patient. Um, I'd like to welcome our cast today. We have a couple of special ladies in the studio. <laughs> Sarah Gody. Hi. And Monica Steely. Hi. And <laughs> <laughs> these girls are awesome. And uh, Sarah is going to be leading our discussion today on, on Be Patient. What do you have for us today, Sarah? Well, I just want everybody to know that the reason why I was chosen to do the Be Patient <laughs> is because I embody Patience. She is like <laughs> the physical representation on this earth of patience. godly patience. And my husband probably just wrecked on the way to work <laughs> hearing Listening that. To That's exactly right. If you're on 285 and it's Monday morning, you're in trouble. Um, yeah, so I'm doing uh, patient. Be patient today. And, you know, I laugh. Monica and I were talking about this last night. I'm like, oh, these are some of my favorite words. And I think I say that every, every time week. going into <laughs> recording. Um, but it is true. Like I get excited and God has continued to be faithful and teach me in this process. Like it's not just about us having a message for all of our listeners. It's about God teaching us even more than we could even comprehend. And I love that he's faithful to do that. Mm. So we're going to start off with patient a little bit differently. Usually we go through definitions and we go through talking about things, but I wanted to dive right into scripture. Uh, There are quite a few things when the Lord talks to us um, and gives us the truth in his word, telling us about being patient, that is not just, you know, one kind of patience and that's it. Like he gives us specific incidences on how to exercise patience or when to be patient or why to be patient or what patient can be good for. Mm-hmm. And so I thought we would go through Bible verses first and then kind of sum it up with definitions and so forth at the end. Awesome. So the first verse I wanted to start with was Psalm 37, 7a. And I think everybody will understand why this is my favorite here in just a minute. <laughs> be still before the Lord <laughs> and wait patiently for him. And so I could not love not that. love that right, verse exactly. because it had be still and patient in the same verse. And I was like, okay, God is about to really teach us something great here. Um, and so in Barnes's notes and in, in doing a little research about what the be still and patiently meant in this particular verse. We're going to start with the be still portion. And in Barnes's note, it literally means rest in the Lord or to have margin, to be silent to the Lord. And I thought, man, that is, that is, I love that, right? Just the whole picture thing of resting and being silent to the Lord. The Hebrew word means to be mute, silent, still of leaving the whole matter with him without being anxious wow, as wow, the result. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. To you know, be anxious for nothing. Um, so wait patiently for him in the discipline of your own spirit in bringing out your case, the graces of gentleness, patience, and forgiveness, which I think is awesome wow. because we've been doing those B words right. and in leading you to examine yourself and to understand your own character. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's really deep for like an eight word. I know. (laughs) I know. So literally being still. And I love that because we're constantly talking about having the the shift in our minds 
the elevation of the way that we think. And he's saying here, in being still, it is in leading you to examine yourself and to understand your own character. Mm-hmm. So it's giving you a chance to sit back and say, wait a minute, let's, let me think about this first. Right. Yeah, and I love that it's saying to be silent in it because I think that, um, you know, and this is something Monica and I have been talking about recently, is um, kind of a, a meditation, like a right. very, very intentional sitting and quiet and not praying, not like throwing your words at right. God, but kind of like waiting to receive yes. what he has to say. That's and right. Yes. That's awesome. Resting in, and in one of the um, podcasts, Monica talked about sinking into, yes. mm-hmm. you know, and, and having that big comfy chair right. and, and that was your visual. And I think about that, just mm-hmm. sinking into him, just being still and in his presence and just having a time of reflection. Yeah. That is, we don't reflect. We're yeah. again, that's that whole doers mentality. I've got to do, 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 and we're not spending enough time in reflection. Um, Charles Spurgeon says um, in resting in the Lord, a silent tongue in many cases not only shows a wise head, but a holy heart and wait patiently for him. I love this. Time is nothing to him being God. Let it be nothing to thee. God is worth waiting for. He never is before his time. He never is too late. In a story, we wait for the end to clear up the plot. We ought not to prejudge the great drama of life, but stay till the closing scene and see what a finish the whole arrives. Ooh, that's how beautiful is that? I I love that, which is going to lead into commitment because commitment is not stopping. It's not the giving up. It's remaining loyal to. Um, And that's what we're supposed to be doing here. The patience. We're supposed to wait. And God is never before his time and he is never too late. We want him to be on our timetable. But our timetable and his timetable are two totally different things. So we need to just... Remember that God's worth waiting for. His In Isaiah, it says, um, just as the heavens are higher than the earth, yep. so are my ways higher than yours. Mm-hmm. So are my thoughts higher than yours. And we want to put a human spin on everything that we're going through. And really, it's it's trusting him, being patient and waiting in him to reveal his thoughts and reveal his ways. Yeah, absolutely. That's really beautiful. Because you know I'm gorgeous? all about the visual. And yeah. so like that... That paragraph, what you just read, it was very visual for me to be able to like sink into, sink my teeth into, and grab a hold of that. Yeah, I, I, time is nothing to him. Let it be nothing to thee. Yep, that's Love so that. huge, and that's so hard, though. You know what I mean? Like, time yeah. is so important to us, right? And I mean, ha- everything is by the clock. Everything. 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 I mean, where, who was I talking to you yesterday? I think it was somebody about being like, "There's not enough hours." Like, my problem right. is that there's yeah. not enough hours. You know what I mean? But God's like. Look, it's nothing to me. Right. So, yeah. can you just And it's that Can you just? Can you just? <laughs> and it's that separation of flesh and spirit, like being able to recognize that you're frustrated in the flesh because we do operate on time. Yeah. But being able to say I need to put down the flesh, I need to pick up the spirit and mm-hmm. do it in the spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In Ephesians 4:2, be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. And I love that this is falling on the coattails after we did the Be Loving week. um, Because really what we're going to learn is that patience is a way of loving. The Apostle Paul wants to make sure that followers of Christ are more interested in building each other up than tearing each other apart. It's so easy to be critical, but when we bear with each other, 
We enter into their story and the little things that cause them to act the way that they do. This is an opportunity for the church to be the counterculture to the world around us. We should try to value others for who they are and not simply for what they do. So it's not just, it's not embracing B for your own self. It's embracing the B in other people. That's right. Wow. And we don't, we measure people up by the things that they do, not by who they are as creations of God. Right. And I think that's huge. That was uh, Dave Whitehead in today's commentary. And I thought that that was just really good because it takes the focus off of us again. It's not about how people make us feel. It's about us being patient with them and allowing them to be who they are. Absolutely. And remember, we've talked about this in one of the other podcasts, but everybody has a story and everybody has something worth believing in. Right. Yeah. You, if you don't remember, everybody has a story and their story is different from yours. You won't be forbearing. You won't have that agape love for them. But if you can remember that they have their own story, they're going through their own things. And, and I've talked about this again in the podcast with my kids at school. You know, they want to come home and talk about this kid that was misbehaving or why is this kid doing that? I'm like, you assume that every kid has the same story that you right. do, that they're right. coming home to two parents, to a meal, to a warm bed, to clean sheets, to clothing. That, that may not be their story. You yeah. know, maybe they don't have anybody that they feel even is interested in them. Yeah. And they're acting out because they want that attention. Right. You can't just judge that book by the cover. Figure out what their story is. Be patient enough to figure out what that story is. Yeah, it reminds me too of the, the speck in the plank. Yes. You know, and seeing the speck in somebody else's eye, but forgetting like that you have a blank. So like put it all down and just be patient. And, and, you know, we never learn more about ourselves than through our kids. And we have been having that discussion so much lately. You know, I've got teenage, pre-teenage in our house. And so we're totally in that accusatory looking at the world around us, you know, not looking at ourself mentality. And I literally have said that to Ryland so often lately, like, listen, don't judge until you have nothing to judge of yourself. And and we've used the speck in the eye. Mm -hmm. You have a speck in your eye. Don't try to pluck theirs out until you don't have one, which will be never, right. um, you know, he doesn't get that. <laughs> um, he, he's going to get that speck out <laughs> one way or the other, and he's going to get yours out too. <laughs> but I mean, you got to have that, have that conversation. And when I'm having that conversation with him, I'm like, Oh, Sarah, you know, you're teaching him something and you need to embrace that same yeah. message. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like God's looking down and say, Oh, what are you teaching him? Oh, I think I'm trying to teach that to you too. But I love that. Like we are trying to figure out how to value ourselves for who we are, right? But not for what we do. But we absolutely, like you just said in that commentary, have to apply that to everybody else. We do. And you know, I think a lot about that before in relation to be in this whole thing that we're doing. I hadn't thought about giving other people permission to To be. be. That's right. Not just you. It's been all like, I need to be, I need to be. But I think part of that is because we also have talked about how you can't impart that which you do not possess. And so we are so bad at being ourselves that we don't have room for margin for other people to be. Mm. We're so critical of us that we in turn are critical of others. I mean, it's just that whole vicious cycle. And it does start with stopping it with you. But then just as you're giving yourself those graces, you have to give those graces to other people. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's the transformation. The revival can't come if we don't stop the process of where right. we are right now. We, yep. That transformation. We, if we don't transform us, no matter how much you believe in other people, you will grow weary. You will become judgmental. You will become critical because you're critical of yourself and you're judgmental of yourself and you're weary of yourself. So you can't give to others what you're not giving to you. Mm. Yeah. 
Um, okay, James 1.3, for when the way is rough, your patience has a chance to grow. I mean, how many of you, you know? <laughs> I'm laughing because just a couple of weeks ago, we, we always have joked about, like, don't pray for patience. Yes, that's exactly right. I don't want patience. God's going to make it grow, and that's it's going to exactly be hard. Right. <laughs> he will bring it your way. And, you know, we just throw that adage around, oh, I need patience. Oh, Lord, give me patience. Um, but we don't want to go through what it takes. To get those patients. And so James makes what seems to be a paradoxical statement in James 1, 2. We should count our various trials as joy. Why? Because verse 3 says that doing so produces patience. Here's the kicker. We need patience so God can mold us into his likeness. Yes. If we don't have the patience, then we're missing an element that's necessary for God to mold us. James is teaching us that we should not measure the experience of life by their ability to please our ambition or taste, but by the capacity to make us into God's image. If we have any vision and a zealous desire to live as God does, we can welcome our trials as steps in God's creative process and meet them with the patience and hope necessary. Mm -hmm. That's by John Rittenbaugh. And I thought that was great, too. Like, don't fight it. We need it. It's part of the perfecting of our faith. It's part of that purification process. And it is hard to go through it. Nobody wants to suffer trials and tribulations. But when you can remember that there's a reason and that you're going to become more like Christ, yeah, that is that is so worth it. Well, and it, I just was thinking, too, about the patience of Jesus in the fact that we know for a fact when he was 13, he knew what he needed. Like, he stayed behind with left the family, the family left. He stayed behind at the synagogue because he told his Mary and Joseph, I needed to be about my father's business. So we know at 13, he knew what he was and what he was called to do, Mm -hmm. whether he knew before that or not. But we know for sure at 13, he had to wait 17 more years before he was released into his ministry. Mm, And so he had to have patience of waiting his entire life 30 years, at least 17 of it, of him knowing who he was that and what he was so called to true. before he was released by God. And, and they, that is a patience. Well, yeah. um, Christine Kane, I was just telling you guys earlier, I went to Passion and saw Christine Kane and she spoke and she's, you know, amazing. And she was talking about David and that very, very same thing. And she said the, um, the appointing the anointing is one thing. The appointing is a different thing. Oh, so David was anointed when he was a kid. He had to wait 20 years before right. he was appointed oh. as king. And right. like, I mean, and he went through Saul, like chasing right. him down and trying to kill him. And like, he went through all of this stuff that 20 years, but like God was giving him the patience, like right. to like wait it out. Like God right. called you, but that doesn't mean that you're there yeah. yet. And it's, it, yeah, it doesn't release you immediately unless God says so. And right. it's that whole verse of don't despise the, the day of small beginnings. I mean, and if Jesus and David, a man after God's own heart and yeah. God's own son yeah. had to endure that much patience just to be released to do their calling, let alone the patience of, okay, Jesus knowing my ministry starting three years from now, I know exactly what's happening to me yeah. and what yep. I'm going to have to endure. But I don't know. It's just, it's very mind blowing. It's, no, it's, it's, really it's, it. it's, it's something that we need to deal with because I think that like, especially my generation, like, you know, the like younger women and stuff, like we hear our calling, we feel our calling and then right. we're like, okay, so now it's time to go do it. But there's, 
that's not always the case. Sometimes, you know, you've got your calling. Right. But you've got to wait and be patient for and God to open those doors. And that's the be still part. Yeah. Because we want it and we want it now. We don't want to be still. We don't want to sit at the feet of Jesus and God and learn and grow and go through him being able to say, okay, now you're ready. Like if you just threw us out there, it's like our kids, you know. They want to do something, but they have to prepare for it. And we give them the lessons and we give them the education. We give them what they need before we just throw them out there. But God's doing the same thing to us. Mm -hmm. He's given us the education. He's given us the lessons. He's given us the technique and the experience so that when he finally reveals the appointment, Mm -hmm. then it all comes together and we're ready and prepared for that. And so you can't get rid of the be still part. It's not a race. You've got to remember that God's timing is God's timing. He's never late. He's never late Mm, and he's not going to let us down. That's a promise. He's not leaving us. He's not forsaking us. He's not going to let us down. We have to stay the course. Absolutely. It's a trust thing. It is. It is. A lot of these are trust issues. So in Galatians 5.22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. So we've all heard about the fruit of the Spirits, right? Patience is a fruit of the Spirit, which really is an example of how Christ lived. Remember, be still, be free. We're all about transforming our minds so that we see ourselves and become the image of Christ. Mm -hmm. So fruit of the Spirit is patience. The Bible reveals God's patience as a quality of his character that debtors him for long periods from retaliating against those who sin against him. Mm. This fits neatly with what Peter says regarding Christ's example. Um, as, a, as a man, Christ did not strike back, but wisely and patiently left any retaliation due in the matter to God's judgment. Mm. This is also an example to us. We desire others, especially God, to be patient and forgiving toward us and our faults. But do we practice the same attitude and conduct toward those who fault us? Mm. Patience is a two-way street, and God clearly demands reciprocity. He expects us to pass his patience and forgiveness towards us onto others, even as Christ did. Mm-hmm. <gasps> How huge is that? Like, it's, an ex- expe- it's a command. Like, we are supposed to pass that on. Yes. Um, the Merriam Dictionary, so let's talk a little bit about definitions. Able to remain calm and not become annoyed when waiting for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> or when dealing with problems or difficult people. I love the acknowledgement that Able it is annoying. to bear. It is like, so right. annoying, right. Yeah. Um, Tony Garland says, patience is the Greek word um, hippomone, which is a compound word made up of two other words, hypo and manio. Um, hypo means under and manio means remain or abide. Thus, Ooh. the idea is to remain under or abide under difficult circumstances. And we're going to be I talking about abiding. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh, that is so funny. Um, so macrothumia reflects an emotional calm in face of provocation or misfortune. It expresses the capacity to be wronged. And to not retaliate. Mm. It is the ability to hold one's feelings in restraint or bear up under the oversights and wrongs afflicted by others without retaliating. It is manifest by the quality of forbearance under provocation. Patience is the spirit which never gives up, for it endures to the end even in times of adversity, exhibiting self-restraint such that it does not hastily retaliate a wrong. Vine says macrothumia is the opposite of anger. 
it follows that a lack of patience often leads to wrath or revenge. Wow. <gasps> the opposite of anger. The opposite of anger. <gasps> Who really would ever have defined no. patience as the opposite of anger? Yeah. But when you think about it, when you become impatient with something or someone, are you not frustrated and angry? And angry. Absolutely. Well, and so what is patience? Uh, like, you know, but not doing that which you want to do like That's in right. your anger. It's awesome. almost like mercy, really, you yeah. know, but it's a reaction. We're not to react. It's right. to it's to say, hey, give it to God. Let him do it. He's going to take care of it. The retaliation exactly. is his. We don't need to get angry. Allow him to work the process and step back. Um, awesome. And then Larry Richards writes that the New Testament contains many exhortations to be patient. But just what is patience? The Greek word group, the macrothumia, focuses our attention on restraint, the capacity for self-control despite circumstances that might arouse our passions or cause agitation. I'm not a passionate person. I don't have this problem. No. This is not so much a trait as a way of life. We keep on loving or forgiving despite provocation as illustrated in Jesus' pointed stories in Matthew. I love that. Math, it, it, he says this is not so much a trait yes. as a way of life. Mm. So, you know, we have to ask ourselves, are we willing to take this on, go through what it, it, it requires of us to in, begin to even just minusculely embrace patience because again in being patient we are going to be a testimony of christ Mm -hmm. and that is where the revival is well and the being portion of that is that greek word where it means abide under and abide is like that sinking and dwelling and sinking into um and that's the that's the being of patience it is abide under yeah it's almost like he it's almost like god saying hey listen you're going to get frustrated and you're going to get angry so i'm gonna go ahead and tell you don't do it Because you're going to ruin the testimony of Christ. That's not who Christ was. Christ did not react. He didn't get mad. He didn't show vengeance. He didn't, you know, even God. God didn't destroy when he could have destroyed so many times. So, hey, you know what? I'm telling you right now, it's going to happen. I'm telling you right now, don't do it. Bring it to me. Just abide in me. Sink into me. And allow me that has these big shoulders to take care of it, who justly sees the world and can yeah. take care of it so much better than you can. Exactly. And meantime, you're going to be displaying agape love. Yeah. And be okay if you never see the end result. Yeah. That's right. And again, if we're not patient with ourselves, we're not going to be patient with other people. That's and so, so we have to learn to embrace patience with us. Patience on weight loss. Patience on on changing our outlook. I know, yeah. right? Uh, so we've been talking about the eyes. eyes. We, we, <laughs> we all have Fitbits, right? <laughs> so we're talking about our Fitbit like, results. <laughs> that patience with whatever our processes are that we are going through. We can't just have a results now expectation of ourselves and turn around and think we're going to be patient with our kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're finding yourself being short-fused with everybody else, it's probably because you're probably very right. short fused with yourself. Every time. Yeah. Um, and then just lastly, um, patience is not self-control. It is not biting my tongue, enduring attacks, holding back my desires, restraining my self-defense, which I, that's what I thought when I was thinking of patience. Sure. Right. Patience is giving up my life to God, no matter what happens to me. Love as patience means that I turn it over to God and wait just like he waited for me, just like he withheld judgment from me. Mm. Skip Moen. I love that too, because it's the, it's not like we, when we did loving, it was originally going to be, be nonjudgmental, but we didn't want to come at it from the don't do this. We Mm -hmm. wanted to come at it from the do this. Mm -hmm. And so I love that because it's like you said, it's not doing these things and withholding yourself from these things. It is 
actively being still that's and right. loving and giving over to God. I love that. When that's the whole thing, it'd be still be free, right? When we first talked about it, we were like, hey, listen, I'm tired of the world telling me all the things not to do. Yeah. Don't do this. Don't do that. And we've measured Christianity by the things that we're not doing instead of the things that we are doing. Right. And in the meantime, in our culture and society, we have lost the voice for Christ and God because we have become such doers and legalists and Pharisees that we are no longer emulating the image of Christ. So, yeah, don't get angry. Okay, don't get angry. But what's the opposite of don't get angry? Tell me what to do then. Mm-hmm. Be still. Give it to God. Sink into him. Go to him and tell him about your frustrations and ask him to change your eyes. Mm-hmm. Ask him to change your heart. Ask him to change you instead of always changing everybody else. Right. And that's really a practical application. Mm-hmm. It's the whole thing of recognizing when you're angry. How many times in a day do you get angry? Journal it. Why are you angry at your children? Why are you angry with your spouse? And in that anger, could you have changed that into patience? And what would that have looked like? What would it have looked like if you hadn't lost it with your kids, but instead went to God and sunk into him and Mm, gave it to him and asked him to give you wisdom and discernment and knowledge and forbearance and forgiveness and kindness? Like ask him to equip you with those tools that are necessary so we are not ruining the testimony of Christ. Absolutely. And I think that that was, that's literally our first practical application. Um, And then secondly, remember that patience is not so much a trait as it is a way of life. It takes practice and awareness to become patient. This also is not grit your teeth kind of patience and then be able to say, oh, I was patient. You know? Right. Yeah. Like, like I was talking to somebody yesterday and, and she was saying how she's you know trying to, to be compassionate to her husband, but she's so frustrated on the inside. And I, I laughed at her and I said, but you're not really compassionate then. Right. You're doing compassion, but you're not being compassionate. So right. don't just do patience. Don't grit your teeth and have everything on your face showing that person that you're so frustrated and you're so mad and you're so done and then think you're proud of yourself because you held your tongue. Mm. It's got to be the heart transformation, the mind transformation so that the attitude and the actions follow. Um, you know, just remember Christ is the ultimate example. And in your moment, you know, WWJD, right? Yeah. What would Jesus do? <laughs> There's really nothing wrong with reminding yourself in that moment, what would Jesus do? And what is, what is Christ command to me? Feed your brain, feed your soul, this truth and capture it. Because I'm telling you, this is going to be one of those steps that makes a big difference in our testimony to the world around us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Sarah, would you actually pray for us sure. today? And I'm not going to pray that God gives us all patience. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, we appreciate it. It's going to come, so we don't need to ask for more. I'll ask for right. later. Yeah, in a more you, convenient time. Give me weight loss, but not patience. Okay. <laughs> um, Father God, Lord, just thank you so much for this time. And thank you so much for how you continue to just wow us and open our eyes to such new truth. Um, you know, having grown up in the word and in the church, I'm just floored at how much is in there that I never knew about. And I just want to praise you for that. I want to praise you that you gave us a blueprint for life. I want to praise you that you not only told us the things not to do because of your protection for us, but the things that you want us to do because you know through that we will experience freedom. Lord, I just pray for the three of us and our listeners that you will open our hearts to transformation that you will open our eyes to the ways of going about that transformation, that you will give us such a desire, such a passion for this, Lord, that we won't be able to shake it, that through this community, our small communities 
will be changed. And by changing those small communities, the bigger community will be changed, Lord. Again, I just pray for every listener and for the three of us that you will keep us close to you, that you will show yourself to us, Lord, and speak to us directly. And it is in all these things we do pray, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Beecast. We would love to hear from you. Hit us up on Twitter and Facebook. Just search Be Still Be Free. And of course, check out our website, www.bestillbefree.com.